TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Chair Shot Radio Monday, we are heading into a double dose for all you Chair Shot Radio fans of myself, Patrick O'Dowd, and my good friend David Ungar, the lawyer himself. And he's going to get the lawyer up a little bit today on this week's ed- this Monday edition of Chair Shot Radio. I'm I'm back from vacation. Dave, I, I listened to you, yourself and Tony and Mr. Platt last week. Uh, well done. I, I'm rested. But interestingly enough, it's funny. You ever notice that like you go on vacation and you're like, I'm going to go rest and relax. I'm going to just take it easy. And you're going to be rejuvenated. And that ain't true at all, man. You run around and do all kinds of crap. You are exhausted during the vacation and, and to the point where the family, we come back two days before we're supposed to go back to work just so that we can cover from the vacation that we just took. How you doing, man? <laughs> Listening to your, uh, your speech there thinking to myself, yeah, I mean that, that I can relate to that. I did. There's very little that's relaxing about vacations because you're just running from one place to the next doing this, doing, you got a few isolated moments. I mean, the only thing relaxing is you don't have to worry about getting up well i say that but like if you're going to disneyland or something yeah you got to get up at the crack of dawn and uh anyway it looks like you had fun yeah i mean the nice thing is is that we did like a beach trip right like just went to cape cod uh to dennis port massachusetts which is kind of right in the middle of the the boot of the massachusetts boot of you if you will and like the trip itself was a beach resort sort of place. So like most of the vacation was get out and enjoy the beach and do all that. And, but I, with the little O'Dowd getting older and wanting other distractions, I must have played more rounds of miniature golf this past week than I have since I was a teenager. And it was great fun. It really was. But... Yeah, I was tired, man. I was tired. And I don't sleep well when I'm on vacation. Like I, I like I just hotel beds are not my thing. I wake up at like four in the morning. It's it was it was a it was a great time, but man, am I tired. Yeah, mini golf's a lot easier than the real thing. That's that's for sure. So. That's true. I don't have the I don't have the patience for real golf. That's a that's a PC tiny thing. We have got a great chair shot radio for you all today, as we have a Stanley Cup Finals to preview starting tonight. Game one, Monday night, will be happening between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. We're also going to talk about the week-old Supreme Court ruling regarding the NCAA. Huge, huge implications for the future of college sports. Before we get into those, though, we are going to jump into our first two commercial breaks. Got to pay those bills. And we're going to do it the... We're going to do the spoken one, the, the one that comes from me first. And that is just the, the if you love 
Chair Shot Radio and the Chair Shot Radio Network, then the best way you can support us is by heading over to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot and picking up one of our many, many awesome t-shirts designs. I'm wearing one myself today. Wearing hashtag save tag team wrestling, my preferred chair shot radio shirt. But there's all kinds. There's there's shirts for shows like Dave and I and PC Tani's uh, show that we will hear later today on Monday, that, that it would be Bandwagon Nerds. Um, we have a winner is you, the Friday show. We've got different sayings from various podcasts that run on the Chairshot Radio Network, things like Everyone Hates Greg, uh, Hashtag Journalism, to Chairshot logo shirts. Everything is there for you. Check it out great way to support us keeps us giving you quality content day in and day out and once again that web address is prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot help support us as christopher platt would say please and thank you thank you and please without further ado though now that we've gotten that out of the way dave let's let's get some hockey going what do you say yes let's do it All right, we have a final, sir. We have a Stanley Cup final. And in seeing the two teams that lined up, I've come to a conclusion that you and I are terrible prognosticators about everything. Hey, we got uh, 50% of it right. We we did bat 500, but even in that batting 500, I predicted a quick series. You were more right than I was on Tampa Bay advancing over the Islanders this past Friday in... I don't know if it's possible to say that a one to nothing victory was dominant, but it felt dominant. I don't know if you felt the same way. It just felt like Tampa Bay controlled the game once they got that first goal from the outset. There was, to me, there was very little drama until two and a half minutes to go in the third when when uh, the Islanders finally pulled their goalie and were getting after it six on five. And even then, they weren't getting quality shots. It was crazy. To, to watch, but Tampa Bay gets it done the way that we predicted. I don't know. What was your thoughts on that series? Uh, the most recent of the two to wrap up. Well, I think when it started, I, I figured, uh, I think I picked Tampa in seven and I, I, and that came to fruition, but yeah, I think game seven was an interesting game. I don't think the Islanders played the kind of game they need, needed to play and they let Tampa settle in and yeah, weathering the storm in the first period, that was to be expected, but you know, the second and third periods, I thought the Islanders would really try and assert uh, their physicality, which is what kind of got them yeah. back in game six when they were down to nothing and they clawed back by getting more physical, which created opportunities and Tampa just didn't let them do that this time. They were ready for it. Um, yeah, the Islanders didn't get a lot of quality scoring chances. And when they did, Vasilevsky turned them away. And, and and, right. and Simeon Varlamov, who, you know, he, as a Caps fan, I can distinctly remember game seven against Pittsburgh in 20, 2009, where he fell apart in game seven. So it's not on him. 
you know, what happened last night, he did everything he possibly could and then some to give his guys a shot. And, and yeah, you know, it's the first time in history that a, a game seven has ended one to nothing on a shorthanded goal, but you know, it, it's just been that kind of year. The playoffs have been that kind of year. And, and I just thought the Islanders, um, they, they didn't do enough of what they needed to do in Tampa. And, and I think not being in front of that crowd at Nassau really hurt them in game seven. They just didn't have that extra gear that they needed to dethrone the champs. Right now, let me um, let let me jump in the wayback machine to oh I don't know a conversation we had where one Mister David Ungar in the chat said going into Game Seven this is going to be a tough one I liked the Isles' chances early kiss of death <laughs> early kiss of death I really did like After- their. I think I texted that. Well, I don't know when that happened, but after the first period or something where it was scoreless, I thought. Right. Well, it was crazy. You go to numbers though, right? And I, I sent you this after two shots were twenty-seven to twelve in favor of the Lightning at one point, and I don't remember where it finished up, but I don't know that the Isles got far over twenty shots on goal. Like Tampa Bay suffocated them. Tampa Bay was living in their zone. It was crazy to watch. It was just, they were just in control. Like you said, they settled in and they just didn't let it go. No, they, they didn't. I'm looking at the stats right now. Uh, Islanders finished with 18 shots on goal. You're not going to win a game seven. Yeah. You're not going to win a game seven on the road against the defending champions. The lightning had 31 shots. Islanders had 18. You're not, and and let's be, I mean, they had a graphic late in the third period where they're showing um, the Islanders were shooting the puck. They just weren't getting it on net. And if they did, it got blocked or it was off target. So it was a lot great. They just, just, yeah, great defense. They couldn't sustain much offense. And and that, and that was a problem. And and Tampa Bay did just what they needed to do. And I mean, realistically, they should have been a four, nothing, five, nothing game, but Varlamov, Really gave, you can't ask for much more than him. And it was a great series. And it was better than last year. And if they meet again next year, I'm picking the Islanders to win. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And and they're the champs for a reason. And and I was kind of glad. I mean, it felt a little full circle-ish for them to come and win. You know, they've had, Tampa Bay has had a really rough time of it in game sevens in the past. I mean, they lost the Penguins. They lost the Capitals. They got swept by Columbus. You know, then they broke through last year in a, in a bubble. I, I was going to say, I don't know, man. Like, they, they, they're they the defending Stanley Cup champs. Like, you don't get to use hard luck in game sevens when you're the defending champ from the year before. Let's shift gears. Let's go over to where I was wrong. We were thought both Vegas wrong. Handled, we're van- where we both thought Vegas would handle their business against Montreal. And as we've been saying, hot goalie, hot goalie will get it done. This Montreal Canadian hockey club team reminds me, and I know this is biased of the 2019 St. Louis blues team that hot goalie riding a wave. Like they were a game away from elimination in the first round. Right, they were down three-one to Toronto, and Toronto choked, lost, whatever you want to say. And some of that's Toronto, some of that is a lot of that is the Habs getting it done. But my word, what a great story! 
And my heart wants Montreal to win the Stanley Cup. Hoist the cup. Wow. Um, the 2019 Blues are a good comparison. I see a lot of the 2012 Los Angeles Kings in the Montreal Canadiens, a team that you know shouldn't have been there. The Kings were like the eighth seed and just went on an absolute terror. They never were down three to one. They just steamrolled a bunch of people, and you're like, where the hell did these guys come from? But they were a young team. They had a great goalie with Jonathan Quick that year. They had really good big defensemen who could move and play. University of Massachusetts alum, Jonathan Quick. There you go. Um, So I see a lot of the 2012 Kings in the Canadians, you know, the lowest, the lowest seeded team in the playoffs and they've just caught fire. It it is, it is mostly carry price. Yes. But the more I've watched them, I have gained a healthy appreciation for what Montreal does in defense. They've got big guys on the blue line who can move and play. There was a Vegas win on the power play. I, I can't remember whether it was around the, it was in the second or third period. Cause it was, I think it was the second period was when I, I got into that game late cause you know, vacation. So, and thankfully here's, here's the thing. People complain about Peacock being able to stream NBC sports network is, is a nice little bonus. And was a, I was able to catch the game and Vegas went on the power play and Vegas has a very talented power play attack. They couldn't get a shot. They would get past the blue. They would get to the blue line, and it would all four. It would appear Montreal players would just swarm to the puck and shoot it away, and, and they just they destroyed it. The, the both goals were even strength goals for Vegas. And when Vegas got the second goal that forced it to to at least go to overtime, I thought that would be enough to at least push it to Game Seven. And nope, nope. Uh, the Canadians, Caulfield, I, by the way, yeah. having a hell of a series from had a hell of a series. Four goals in the playoffs, all four of them in the conference finals. What a what a guy! Oh yeah, I mean, I think if if the Canadians win the cup right now, I'd say Carey Price gets the Con Smythe, but Caulfield wouldn't you be far, Caulfield wouldn't be far behind that. But um, the thing is, Montreal's killed thirteen consecutive power plays. And that's, yeah. that's, I mean, it, and Vegas feasts on the power play and, and a lot of the five on five stuff, but that defense just, this has been Vegas's Achilles heel. The caps did it to him a few years ago. Montreal did it. That big defense, it just stifles you in the neutral zone and doesn't allow them to get that speed game going. Um, Tampa Bay is going to face the same problem with Montreal in the Stanley cup final. That it's, it's, that's the kind of game that they play and, and Montreal I, I mean, yeah, they, I, I thought, I thought it would be a long series. You know, I know people like we were talking when we started to preview it, that the talking heads were saying quick series and you and I didn't buy that. We thought it'd be a six or seven game series. I didn't think Montreal would win, but uh, you know, I mean, we're, I'm sure we're going to get into our predictions in a second here, but uh, yeah, That's they, next. they really, it's impressive what they've done. I, I'm with you. My heart is with Montreal because I despise the Tampa Bay Lightning. I well, I don't know about despise. You know, it's I'm not fond your, of them. Con, your conference, your conference bias is showing, sir. <laughs> and and hey, Montreal has done a number on the Caps in the past as well. But I, I think the fact is that it, it's Canada invented the sport. Nobody's won the cup for for Canada since 1993. It is fitting that the most successful, iconic Canadian franchise. Dare I say the most successful NHL franchise in history with 24 cups is the team that can break that streak. Uh, so 
it was good seeing Montreal really let loose and celebrate party like it's 1993. That was fun. Yeah, that, scene, that scene outside the arena was oh, yeah. was something special, and you can only imagine what it'll be like if they hoist the cup. Like that's gonna like the the entirety of the province will will explode as well as the rest of the country. All right, so let's get to it because here's here's the real question: hot goalie versus more talented team. Does Carey Price continue the magic and hold off along with a really good and and this is this is the other thing to talk about when you look at the analysis. Does the defense of Montreal hold off the potency of the Tampa Bay Lightning? The short answer is yes. I, I think they do because you look at Montreal, what what do they have to fear? They've played and oh, beat, sure. They got nothing to lose. They've played and beat Toronto, who was every bit as talented as Tampa in a lot of ways. They played and beat Vegas every bit, and then some as talented as Tampa. Oh, yeah. And and now you've got the Tampa Bay Light. And the thing is, Toronto, Vegas, Tampa all play a similar type of game, very up tempo, very skill based. Montreal's not going to be scared of that. The Islanders probably would have given Montreal a different kind of challenge because they could match them physically. But I really think. Right now, Montreal knows how to play this game. They know how to play a team like Tampa. Tampa's going to have to change up tactics. I, I know their coach is, uh, I forget his name, John Cooper, I think is his name. Um, and, and he is smart enough to realize, look, we can't just play into what they're doing because they've seen this now. They've seen it eight or more than that, seven games against Toronto, six games against Vegas. So they've got 13 games against teams with a similar style. Tampa does offer some stuff. They've got experience. They've got an equally good goalie in Vasilevsky. But, uh, you know, I, I think Montreal has that feel pad of a team of destiny right now. And and you we've all been there. You know, we've been there with your team, with my team. You've seen the momentum start to build. They oh. feel like that. I'm going to go out on a limb and take Montreal in six. Sorry, Tony. But I think the Canadians get it done uh, on their home ice. I think some of this is going to come down to also the health of some of the players for Tampa Bay, Nikita Kucherov in particular. He did play in game seven, but he wasn't particularly effective. Other than emotion, know, I, an emotional lift that they got. Yeah, That's it. He, was more, he was present, but he wasn't, yeah, he wasn't really a, a factor in the, in the decision. So Kucherov's health, I think, you know, giving, he's got an extra day or so he's got a little bit of a longer layoff going into tonight's game. So we'll see if that helps. Seems like it might be an upper body issue, a shoulder injury. I, I'm going to go, I'm going to be the other side of it. I'm going to go with my head over my heart. Uh, I think this will be a lengthy series. I don't think it'll be short. I think that Montreal's defending and Carey Price's goaltending are going to extend this series. It's going to be everything that Tampa Bay can do to push them over the edge but at the end i'm i'm pulling for the talent to win out i think that we're going to get back-to-back stanley cup champions i'm going to go with tampa bay but i think it's going to go seven i think we're going to full length series i think it's going to be a great series and it's going to be a very physical series and uh, i'm here for it and the great thing about this series setup dave i don't know if you noticed it but it's monday wednesday friday monday wednesday for uh monday wednesday Friday is the like the schedule. So come next Sunday, we'll have 
analysis as to where this series is going to end, uh, which works out really great for us in our recording schedule. So I'm liking it. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I'm going. I'm going Tampa Bay Lightning in seven uh, with the talent winning out finally and getting one over the Habs. But if Montreal wins, I will not be surprised and I will be very happy for Canada because this is a, well, I'm going to use something that Tony's talked to us about in, in conversation. It's a historical moment. It you know is. what I mean? Like it's, it's a, it's a huge moment for for that country. It will be, it will be massive and you can't help even in a losing effort to at least nod your head if they're able to pull that off. You may not be happy, but you got to respect it. So that there you have it, everybody. That is Dave and Patrick's picks for the Stanley Cup. Dave is going with his heart, going with his love for the Montreal Canadiens. I'm going with my head and picking the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is funny that the cold-hearted lawyer is getting the feels. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Dave's laughing. When we come back, we're going to talk about a really consequential Supreme Court decision that happened this past week. You are listening to ChairShot Radio, a part of the ChairShot Radio network on thechairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. All right, we are back. And Dave, I had called your attention to this right before this decision came through that I was like, there is a case that is being that had just wrapped up arguments in front of the Supreme Court and a decision was coming sooner rather than later. And we got that decision on Monday the 21st, I want to say, uh, in a case, and I can't remember. It's the it's the NCAA. I can't remember who the name of the other person was uh, so, on the other end. The, NCAA versus Alston is the case name. NCAA versus Alston, and the the crux of this case and and what was being argued, the, the NCAA was basically having to defend its system um, as athletes. Alston in this case were maintaining the NCAA has in effect been operating a system that is a classic restraint of competition. In short, a system that violates the nation's antitrust laws. And this case was centered around educational opportunities being limited by NCAA rules for athletes, specifically things like internships, uh, among other educational benefits. 
And within that case, in this narrow decision, the NCAA, or the, the Supreme Court not only ruled for the athletes, they ruled for it unanimously. Not a single justice took a look at the NCAA's case for maintaining amateurism among student-athletes and bought the argument. Um, I'm going to hand this over to you first because there's a couple of pieces of this, and I just want you to talk about the Gorsuch um, decision that was written for the court first. We're going to get into Kavanaugh's part because that's more of a what's next, in in my opinion, and where this is going to go after this. But just talk to us a little bit about what this – what what. The Supreme Court said in its primary decision that 45-page monstrosity that has a few lines. Um, but what did the what did the court say? Well, I think first off, I liked the fact that yeah, it, with this divided Supreme Court, with this divided nation, with the makeup of the court, what it is, a nine to nothing unanimous decision. To quote the Seattle Times, in sporting terms, this was Super Bowl. What is this? 48, I guess, with the NCAA playing the role of the thoroughly trounced Denver Broncos. So I, I, <laughs> I thought it was appropriate. I, like you said, it was a narrow issue that got placed before the Supreme Court as to whether the NCAA could limit schools from providing student athletes, which education related expenses, which, like you noted, internships, graduate scholarships, computers, scientific equip- equipment and so forth. And the Supreme Court basically said no unanimously you can't do that um the case standing alone isn't isn't i mean just when you look at the issue that was decided in the context or not the context but just what they decided it's not a a huge decision but it's the stuff that's being said by the justices and especially justice kavanaugh who basically opens the door and says people out there should challenge everything that these guys are doing that's where the issues come from so much so that i know the uh, attorney and Alston is now thinking of amending the complaint to add in a clause where, hey, my client should have been paid for this shit, which is exactly what they're talking about with the the elimination of amateurism and, and just the huge ramifications to college sports that it could have. I mean, this could be a decision as big as the one that basically opened the door for free agency decades ago. But that's that's what yep. I've read. The analysts are kind of uh, likening it to that sort of thing. To Kurt Flood. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So you mentioned Justice Kavanaugh. Let's get to it. So Kavanaugh, the description I've seen most commonly used by the press and even in my NPR page that I have up here that, that reported it is in a blistering concurring opinion, Brett Kavanaugh added that the sports traditions near and dear to alumni and others quote, cannot justify the NCAA's decision to build a massive money-raising enterprise on the backs of student-athletes who are not fairly compensated. And I know there was a quote that he had that you liked that was even better. Um, and I don't know if you if you have it in front of yeah. you, if you want to pull that one up as well. So there was a lot that Justice Kavanaugh said. And I mean, whether you're political, Pat and I, our political affiliations notwithstanding, we're not the biggest fans of Justice Kavanaugh, but oh. here we are. Oh. <laughs> here we are because he gets it. He, of all of them, gets it right. And he really he really said it in a way that makes sense to anybody who's reading this, whether you're Republican, Democrat, somewhere in between. It doesn't matter. It's what he says. 
where he, this is the quote, the NCAA couches its arguments for not paying student athletes in innocuous labels, but the labels cannot disguise the reality. The NCAA's business model would be flatly illegal in almost any other industry in America. And then he goes on and says, nowhere else in America can businesses get away with agreeing not to pay their workers a fair market rate on the theory that their product is defined by not paying their workers a fair market rate. And under ordinary principles of antitrust law, it is not evident why college sports should be any different. The NCAA is not above the law. There you go. Right. This is one of my favorite follows on Twitter. And he's a polarizing guy. Some people love him. Some people hate him. I love following Jay Billis on this business because he has been at the forefront using his platform with ESPN to talk about the, the joke that is amateurism and this thing that's been hidden behind here. And I think that we are going to see more lawsuits, Dave. I don't think there's any question that the whole system that the NCAA has been so defiantly, stubbornly, stupidly defending is going to just get torn completely down. You know, and, and some people are like, well, is this bigger than name, image, and likeness? Yes. Easily bigger than name, image, and likeness. This has the potential to create some real problems for smaller schools. Um, it has the real potential to, I actually think, create a bigger divide within some of the bigger Power Five conferences. I'm thinking specifically the lower tier. So I'll, I'll use my I'll use my school as an example. The University of Illinois, big school, Big Ten school, not the best of of programs and they're just now starting to show willingness to invest but some of these lower tier middle tier big 10 schools that don't have quite the money that say an alabama does for football or a kentucky does for basketball those schools could be hurt by this too because it is going to create a new level of sort of benefits and bidding that that athletes may be able to have and the ncaa Rather than getting in front of this and presenting something that could help manage some equity, have basically stood in front of this archaic argument of amateurism and like trying to stop anything from going on, that they're about to get completely deconstructed and it's going to fall into the hands of the conferences and the universities and the power broking conferences. They're going to protect their own, but they're also going to protect the top of their own. So in the Big Ten, it's going to be Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, basically the Big Ten West or East. You know, the SEC, it'll be the Alabamas, the the LSUs, the the Auburns that, that'll get it done and, and so on and so forth. But the, the NCAA could have done something about this and instead they turned into ostriches and hid their head in the sand and have done it for 40 years. And now are sitting there being like, well, we don't know what to do. Well, even at, like you posted, even after the decision came down, the NCAA posted something that was basically just ignoring oh, what was said. Just It was so dumb. I'm going to see if I can find that statement because I shared it, I think, with you. Yeah, Let me like, see. They're like trying to create, trying to act like there's some ambiguity as to what the court said. No, there's not. You know, here's the dumbest thing about this is, is the NCAA is such big business. You look at the expansion of the college football playoffs. What is that all about? It's not about competitive integrity, well, maybe a little bit, but it's about money. 
and and you're right. making a shit ton of money off the backs of these kids, classifying them as amateurs and saying, oh, no, you can't get paid, but we can. Oh, no, you guys can't get paid, but we're going to pay millions of dollars to Nick Saban or any of these other. Co- and that's one of the things that the court jumped all over was this bullshit right. thing that you can't pay your student athletes, but yet you are paying your college coaches NFL salary ranges to keep them on there. How is that fair and not a violation of antitrust? It's it's ridiculous. And I thought nine to nothing sends a very significant message that the floodgates are about to open. And yeah, name, image and likeness is a big deal, but it almost gets subsumed by everything else that's going to come from this. Right. It's it's pure insanity Um, going through a week's worth of. I can't find the quote, but it's, I know it's, it was dumb. It's it was just, really dumb. it was like there, you guys are in denial. Oh, here it, is, here it is. Hold on. Hold on. While today's decision preserves the lower court ruling, it also reaffirms the NCAA's authority to adopt reasonable rules and repeatedly notes that the NCAA remains free to articulate what are and are not truly educational benefits consistent with the NCAA's mission to support student-athletes. Even though the decision does not directly address name, image, and likeness, the NCAA remains committed to supporting NIL benefits for student-athletes, said NCAA President Mark Emmert. Additionally, we remain committed to working with Congress to chart a path forward, which is a point the Supreme Court expressly stated in its ruling. So you get lambasted. Idiots. You get lambasted by Brett fucking Kavanaugh. And your response is, oh, we're still going to work with Congress. This isn't dead. I'm not dead. I'm not. You're dead. You're just. and, and And that statement to me is just like, well, the decision said this. It didn't say this. It's like, no, you're right. The decision didn't say that, but it invited people to come in and say that to you. And, and that's and that's that's just the 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 arrogance of the NCAA to not just shut the fuck up, but to come well, out and it, make a statement it, like that of Mark Emmert, who is just. Yeah, there's no such thing as a good commissioner, right? Uh, I haven't seen one. Adam Silver is the closest I've seen, and that's debatable. Adam Silver. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's just it's it's terrible. And so well, I. Just it was it was flabbergasting that you can get that ruling and that's the statement you put out, and, and so just like, yes, why don't you just yeah, why don't you just why don't you just it could be like the Rock that gif where he's just like bring it you know that might have been the that should have just been the NCA just bring it it's like well it's gonna get brought so and you're gonna keep using the same argument that's lost you case after case so all right that is gonna be exciting to see how it shakes down. Um, and, and we'll just have to see. And I, I do hope that at the end, this does lead to some true benefit to the student athlete because they really do. Like, it's funny. People seem to think that a scholarship and, and you know, and, you know, housing, like that's really all you should get for being an athlete at the, at the collegiate level. And it, and it completely disregards the demands on that student. And, the amount of money that is made off the backs of those students that those students don't get to see. Uh, and so I, I hope that this does lead to the restructuring that needs to happen and leads to some good for student athletes in the future. And I think it will. So more to come. I mean, I, 
you don't want to see it turn into, I mean, like you raised a good point about the power conferences. And I mean, you know, the bigger, the bigger schools who have the bigger backers, you know, it was always ridiculous to me. These schools are getting put on probation or suspension or the death penalty because well, it only schools would get yeah, put on probation because they had, just- they had their backers were, you know, doing this and doing that. And you're going to get that. I mean, schools like you could say like some mid-major school with like some multi-billionaire guy who does something could sway the power, but it's probably not likely. But yeah, I mean, it's going, the, the NCAA is going to turn into an even bigger business than it is already. It, how long, well, before, how long before Alabama is a publicly traded company? company right stop you're gonna have to stop using the phrase the ncaa the ncaa is going to go like that is my prediction the ncaa is going to be done and it is going to be the big 10 the sec the big 12 it's going to be conferences it's not going to be the ncaa they're already a powerless toothless joke of an organization that just lost some of its power and is about to get sued into the moon but we are coming up on 40 minutes sir and so we may have to dedicate an entire episode once we get past the stanley cup playoffs to talking about what's going to happen to collegiate sports because i'm very passionate about this i'm very interested in seeing where it goes and i think there's a lot of legal arguments to be had and i need your wisdom and knowledge and and, you know the fact that you've passed one of the hardest tests anybody could take the bar examination to to have those qualifications thank you i I think it's a whole conversation so i think it'll be i think it's a it's a whole other show that's interesting it's an interesting conversation so yeah so that is going to do it for this monday edition of chair shot radio dave before we go tell everybody where they can find you on the socials you can follow me on Twitter at Attitude Ag and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And you can follow me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. We will be back later this afternoon to talk to you on Bandwagon Nerds. Very excited to come back from vacation on that one as well. Until then, this has been Patrick O'Dowd and David Ongar. Wishing you a happy Monday. We'll see you next week on the Monday edition of Chair Shot Radio on the Chair Shot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com.